Yeah, so I have the Omnipod, but I have this thing called a closed loop, and it just, like, connects my phone, and then I can give myself insulin through my phone. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Joining me today is Zane Alexander. He's the Beat the Bridge Youth Ambassador. Andrea Williams with JDRF. She's working on the Beat the Bridge project. With respect to health and safety of the community, JDRF and Nordstrom's have teamed up to bring Beat the Bridge right to your neighborhood. What does that mean exactly? Well, on the morning of Sunday, May 16th, instead of gathering at Husky Stadium, they're encouraging everyone to run, walk, hop, or skip wherever they are. While they may be moving through different streets, they remain committed to turning type 1 into type none. Be sure to follow the JDRF Pacific Northwest Facebook page to stay updated on all things virtual Beat the Bridge, including fundraising tips to help you make huge impact on type 1 diabetes research, how to be a successful virtual participant, ways to inspire your community to join, and of course, follow along on the event day. You can follow the JDRF Pacific Northwest Facebook page. Andrea Zane, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So let's just kick this right off talking about what is JDRF? It stands for Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. We mostly just go by JDRF because juvenile diabetes is a bit of an older term. So we like to just stick with JDRF. And JDRF is the leading global organization focusing on improving the lives of people living with type 1 diabetes. And through our efforts to improve the lives, we focus a lot on research, advocacy, and our community programs. Now, a lot of people hear about diabetes in the media and everything. There's a couple different types. Now, JDRF focuses on type 1 diabetes, although a lot of our research and improving lives programs go beyond type 1 diabetes. We have a lot of focus on autoimmune diseases in general. There's a couple different types of diabetes. Now, we focus on type 1 diabetes, and what type 1 diabetes is, it's an autoimmune disease. And more commonly, we hear about type 2 diabetes, which is actually a metabolic disorder. So that's the big difference between the two types. So type 1 is an autoimmune disease where your immune usually in charge of fighting off foreign bodies actually goes against your pancreas and destroys cells in your pancreas, your beta cells that produce the essential hormone insulin. All people living with type one diabetes are actually on insulin therapy for life. And this trigger in the immune system has nothing to do with diet or lifestyle choices. You can be diagnosed with type one diabetes at any age. Typically people with type one diabetes, like I said, are on insulin therapy for life. Usually that's through injections or an insulin pump, and it takes 24 seven management. Now, instead of me rattling off about type one diabetes, Zane, I want to give you the chance to kind of explain like your life with type one diabetes, your story with type one diabetes. So go for it, Zane. Yeah. Diabetes is, I was diagnosed when I was three and I haven't let it hold me back. I do a whole lot of different outside activities. It just, I have extra steps that make me do different things. Zane, is has it been hard for you as far as 
eating with being around kids and parties is is that hard for you it can get annoying at times like seeing your friends just walk over and grab this snack and then you want to have it and you walk over and then you got to pull out your phone and bolus yeah like give yourself insulin like that can be kind of hard yeah. but I've gotten used to it. It's it's pretty much nothing. Things are a little different since my friend who was diagnosed at three, I think you know her, Andrea, Christy Lang. Tell me what you said, a b- ballast, a blast? Bolus. A bolus on your phone. You want to tell me about that? Yeah, so I have the Omnipod, but I have this thing called a closed loop. And it just like connects my phone and then I can give myself insulin through my phone. That is so crazy. One of the cool new things that has come along with the insulin pumps that like Zane is using is there are these new systems on the market that are allowing for a little bit better control because they connect to a glucose monitor. These systems are, of course, not everyone has them. Not everyone can afford to have these, but these allow people to be able to see like their blood sugar. The constant glucose monitor is amazing because it allows people to see their blood sugar on their phone while just wearing a sensor. But many people still prick their fingers up to 10 times a day living with type 1 diabetes. Wow. So you don't have to do that, Zane? You don't have to prick your finger? No, not anymore. So we talked about food. What about sports? Is, that, is You say you don't let it hold you back. Is there anything that's different for you when it comes to physical activity? Well, sometimes like I'll go low. And I'll have to run off to the sidelines or kind of pause, take some fruit snacks and just kind of sit there for a tiny bit. And then I can run back on. How old are you now? I'm 13. So you can do that. You can recognize all this on your own now? Yeah, I've grown to um, feel my lows and highs. That's pretty awesome. Because if, if you're not in tune to them, it could be really scary, huh? Yeah. Have you ever had a really scary experience? Yeah, but I don't really remember them. (laughs) Mom remembers. (laughs) Okay. And what are the challenges that you have living with diabetes? Um, just like having to pause every once in a while or like bolus for my food. There's no, no real challenges that I have to face. I can easily just go around them. And do kids talk to you about it? Like, do they know what you're doing when you pull out your phone? sometimes or like I wear my pump and like it's just kind of like on my arm and kids will ask me like is that a band-aid and then I'll tell them what it is but are they usually like cool or well I'll usually explain it to them because there's some it's usually like little kids that they won't really understand so I'll be like yeah I'm part robotic it keeps me alive (laughs) that's awesome we we just did a show a while back about kids little kids asking questions of people with like disabilities or that you know, wear thicker glasses and allowing them to ask so that people like you can explain what it is and give them a better sense of, of it as they grow up. So good on you for being willing to explain it. Who wants to tell me what Beat the Bridge is? So this year is our 39th year of the Nordstrom Beat the Bridge to Beat Diabetes, benefiting JDRF. So it is a Seattle staple event. Like I said, it's been around for 39 years. So it originally was started by an employee at Nordstrom whose son actually had type 1 diabetes and they wanted to create a fundraising and awareness event. Well, the Nordstrom family heard about this and wanted to support their fight. So it became the Nordstrom Beat the Bridge 
to beat diabetes benefiting JDRF. And so the event has grown huge over the years. Typically in an in-person year, we have about 10,000 people participating. Now what they're participating in is 8K run, a three mile walk, a one mile fun run. Typically, like I said, in an in-person year, there's also a diaper derby, which is, is really cute. Of course, we miss seeing everyone on the field. But this year, and much like last year, we have done a virtual Beat the Bridge to Beat Diabetes. And how that works is we work with the community to kind of do their own safe social distance event with their team and their family. And we run it virtually on beatthebridge.org or our JDRF Pacific Northwest Facebook page. And it's really cool to see the community kind of come out and post their pictures and tag us. Last year, we had over 2,500 participants do the virtual Beat the Bridge, which was huge. That was a lot of people in 2020. And we were able to raise over a million dollars with that. And the other, I have to tell you, it's so cool. So we've never had this kind of engagement across the United States because usually, you know, it's here in Seattle. You have to beat the university bridge. Well, because it being virtual, we were able to engage 37 states in the United States. Last year on May 17th, people were running around bridges all across the United States. So it's pretty cool. And this year's event is on uh, May 16th. So we'll run it virtually um, again. And we're really excited. I know Zane, you did some really cool things last year, right? To kind of do the virtual beat the bridge. Tell us about that. Yeah. So we had... I think it was a three mile bike ride and then an 8K run. And my mom made this super cool balloon arch that we'd finish on in our back alley after we kind of just had, and um, we, at the end, we just had some like little snacks and just had a little party at the end. When you say we, who, who is we? My family and a couple of friends that live around me. Okay. Yeah. Because last year you guys had to pivot. It, it was right this time when COVID hit and you had this all planned and you had to change directions so quickly. And I love it that it turned out to be something beneficial in, in a way, even though I know you missed the in-person thing. Zane, did you do it as a team or as a fundraising? Because I noticed there's a few different ways you can do it. How did you participate? What was your... Well, we have a team called Team Zane. And then my mom has people fundraise. Well, like we fundraise with it. So it's kind okay. of both. So like people across the US, maybe were they running with you on that day or walking with you on that day? Yeah. Awesome. So did, how did it make you feel as all these people are doing this to kind of help your... It feels good because you know people are behind you. Yeah. And you were in the lead. They were literally behind you, huh? Why is fundraising for JDRF important to you, Zane? Because over the 10 years I've had it, so much has changed. At the beginning, I had to give myself shots all the time just to like get insulin and stay alive now like I can just do it straight from my phone. Like so much has changed. Yeah. I think that feels like a lot of freedom, huh? Yeah. Insulin pump. We, we have a picture. It was a backpack. <sighs> now I can't imagine trying to run, beat the bridge with a backpack of an insulin pump on. And now they're the size of a pager. If that they're even small, they're getting smaller and smaller. So it's pretty That's incredible. It's amazing. Technology is so amazing. I mean, mm -hmm. who would have ever thought you could manage it with a phone? 
I know. <laughs> it's like something out of Star Trek. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, what did you say, Zane? You're like a robot or you're part robotic? Yeah, I'm half robot. I love it. The million dollar man, the million dollar kid. So yeah. how how has JDRF changed the world for people living with type 1 diabetes like you, Zane? It has like paved the way for me to move forward and live my normal life. Also, I see a lot of kids your age wouldn't be able to sit on a Zoom call and do an interview talking about something they're dealing with. So it seems like you've really become a spokesperson. Yeah, I love it. And what does being an ambassador mean? It helps. It means you're advocating for JDRF and type 1 diabetes. You do that by telling people about it or kind of all talking about it. Like my mom will post things on social media about it and just all different ways of just putting on there. One of, one of the cool things that Zane has done is we'll do video recordings of him doing a speech and we'll share it on social media. So he becomes this huge, you know, vocal voice for type one diabetes. One of the things that here in this beat the bridge season is Zane will appear probably on more Zoom calls, giving a live speech to many of our corporate sponsors. So it's definitely a lot to carry on your shoulders as a Beat the Bridge ambassador, but we're so excited to have someone like Zane involved who really can speak to the challenges of type 1 diabetes, but also speak to how it doesn't stop him. Yeah, Zane, it reminds me of sometimes when an organization helps somebody then they turn around and help the next person. So you're like passing it on and passing it on. So if somebody gets a new diagnose, a child, will you talk to them? Do they say, hey, can you talk to my kid? Yeah. You do it all the time. I heard your mom say. Yeah. So what kind of things do you say? Just tell them what I do and how I, I've learned to take care of it. And give them some tips on what you can do. Mm-hmm. That it's not like the worst thing in the world because yeah. it would feel like it, wouldn't it? When you get that diagnosis. Yeah. Is, is it going to change for you as you grow older? I mean, I know you'll have it for your whole life, but will it look different as you walk through life? Yeah. There'll be more technology coming out and it will make it even easier. I mean, someday maybe there'll be a cure and I won't even have to take care of it anymore. So wouldn't that be awesome? We'll definitely change. That's what we're hoping for. <laughs> That's beautiful. So Andrea, how about you? How has JDRF changed the world for people living with type one diabetes? Oh gosh. So I actually also live with type one diabetes myself. I was diagnosed when I was 20. So JDRF is incredible. I mean, when for someone who's newly diagnosed in the hospital, they often receive one of our outreach initiatives as our bags of hope. And so a newly diagnosed patient will get information about JDRF in their area. They'll also receive um, one of our teddy bears named Rufus. And Rufus is a teddy bear with uh, diabetes and he has a bunch of patches on his arms and legs that kiddos can like practice putting on insulin pumps or constant glucose monitors or giving shots to. So that's one of the great things that JDRF is kind of there to support a family at any age. So we have all kinds of toolkits as well for newly diagnosed kids, adults, how to navigate through the school system with type one diabetes. So we really have like a toolkit across all all ages. So that's one of the things with the outreach initiatives. We are also 
really big on Capitol Hill. We are always advocating for better care for people with type 1 diabetes. In fact, at the end of 2020, Congress approved a three-year renewal of the special diabetes program at $150 million annually. And that's actually a commitment to $450 million for T1D research. So over a couple years. So that's pretty incredible having that multi-year support. It actually was the biggest renewal since 2004. So pretty incredible advocacy work there. And of course we are doing the research. Like I said at, at the beginning, like it's all about the research. So we actually have some great research happening here in Washington, in Seattle, locally through like the Benaroy Research Institute, the UW Diabetes Clinic, and a couple other institutes here locally. So it's pretty incredible. JDRF is working on about 75 clinical trials in the research realm. So we're, we're hoping that the curing type 1 diabetes, the treating type 1 diabetes, and preventing type, type 1 diabetes is going to be a reality for people like me, like Zane in his lifetime. And for a lot of the people living with type one diabetes, because there's about 1.6 million Americans living with type one diabetes. And JDRF is trying to focus on, of course, finding a cure for all of them. Events like Beat the Bridge are huge in supporting that research and keeping that going, especially during like COVID times, because nonprofits have taken a hit. So it's important to keep this research going that we have people participate in things like Beat the Bridge. And we have, we have strong voices like Zane talking about it and helping us spread awareness. So, and, and we're really thankful to be on the show today, Lori, for you helping us. You've come a long way even since last year because of the pivot. And I feel like this year it's even going to be blown out of the park. (laughs) It really is. We are just so excited for this year. Like you said, this time last year, we had to pivot and make an event that we did. We felt like we were kind of writing the playbook for a game we didn't know how to play. I'm <laughs> here in 2021. Still shocked to say that that year, right? I think I still write 2020 on. Yeah. It's like the 18th month of 2020. (laughs) Right, exactly. We have a longer kind of runway to make things happen for the 2021 Beat the Bridge. And registration is open. And people can, like Zane leads a team. He has Team Zane. We have many people that participate as a team. You can do that. You can participate as an individual and help kind of recruit your community to do the same, no matter what state they're in. How do we do that? Uh, Yeah. So uh, people can go and register at beatthebridge.org. And there's two different registration types. There's a registration that's a $30 cost. Now that does include like a really cool Brooks running shirt. This, the shirt is navy this year and has kind of a teal banner on it. You can do the $30 registration fee, which includes the Beat the Bridge shirt. It also includes a race bib and some of our cool incentives for high fundraising. If you're not in a position to do that $30 registration fee, that's totally fine. You can register as a free virtual participant. We still give you some of the fundraising tools. So this is like a great way for anyone to participate. If 
you're in the United States and you do do that $30 registration, we'll ship you the shirt, we'll ship you the bib, and we just hope you take pictures of yourself like crossing a bridge in any area and follow us on social media via JDRF PNW so people can find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn by searching that at JDRF PNW. That's really the best way to participate and see the community kind of come out. So, and also another way, if you want to do a team, you can engage your work. People can lead a corporate team. It's a really great way to kind of engage the the people you're missing seeing in the office. You know, everyone's working from home and athletic wear anyways. Why not go out and beat a bridge or go for a walk? It's kind of a great way for companies to engage and keep everyone healthy and happy and making a difference. Yeah. And when you think about sitting at home working all day, it's like, get up and get moving and beat that bridge. A few more questions. Zane, what's your favorite food? Pizza. <laughs> what is your favorite drink? Um, I've never thought about that. Probably a milkshake. What kind? Any kind. <laughs> what is your favorite song? I have no idea. No favorite music? I have no idea. <laughs> How about your favorite movie? Um, <laughs> no, <I don't> know. <laughs> Do you like superheroes or? Um, yeah, probably yeah. playing fire or something like that. Cool. See, you're just a normal kid that's living with a, a big thing, the big D, but you're making it, making it work for you. That's so awesome. Well, I'm so glad you were on the show. And then I, Andrea, I wanted to ask you, I think you might've okay. given it away, but what brought you to this work? Cause you've been doing this a while. Yeah. So I've been working with JDRF coming up on about five years now, but yes, I, I live with type one diabetes. I was diagnosed at age 20, about a week before my junior year of college, which was an interesting experience, uh, I will say, but so I came to work for JDRF. I saw, I actually was on the website filling out a letter. I was part of the advocacy kind of group. I was filling out a letter to our legislators to get them to support a bill. And I just so happened to click on that careers tab and saw that they had an opening here in the area. And I was like, oh, what the heck? I'm going to, I'm going to apply. And here I am five years later. Wow. So I had ran Beat the Bridge, so I was really excited to work on the program. Yeah. That's awesome. You you really have a, a, your whole heart invested in this. Yes. I love it when people are doing work that matters to them and they're able to make a difference. Zane, that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're doing work that matters. It makes a difference. And when you think about it, somebody that just gets that diagnosis, they can talk to you and they see, oh, look at this normal kid. There's hope, right? Mm-hmm. So one more time, let tell us, Zane, if someone wants to join your team, what do they do? They register at beatthebridge.org. Beatthebridge.org. Awesome. So before we sign off, anything that you think we've forgotten or that you want to add, Zane? Nope, that's it. Is your favorite color yellow? No. Oh. <laughs> that's one of our previous Beat the Bridge shirts that Nate, oh. Zane is wearing. I see. Show it off. Very cool. That was two years ago. When you could really do it in person. Yes. We, yeah. we hope that one day we'll be able to be in person. Nothing quite beats that magic of in person, but. Yes, we are designed for our new shirts and I'm super excited for them to come. Tell what? them how you design your own team shirts. Oh yeah. My mom, she just designs a shirt like with a design that we come up with just to kind of like have our shirts different than everybody else's. And it's super fun. Cool. 
So Team Zane has their own their own shirt. Yeah. Nice. Do you have a team, Andrea? So my team is, like I said earlier about type 1 diabetes, the immune system destroys the beta cells in your pancreas. So my team's name is No Beta Babes. <laughs> no Beta Babes. I love it. I love it. Yes. <laughs> so again, to participate, go to beatthebridge.org. And one of the things that I noticed with the Zoom and the Zoom school is this boy didn't get to see his grandma for over a year. And when grandma finally got to come visit, she was doing Zoom school with him. And so she, with her walker, was getting up and just doing some of the exercises. And I'm like, you know what? Everybody can participate when you're doing it from home. It's a great cause. And you can go to beatthebridge.org to find out more. Zane, thank you so much. Keep up the good work. Thank you. And Andrea, good work. And thank you so much for reaching out. And I'll look forward to uh, hearing from you again next year, if not before. Yes. Thank you, Lori, for having us on. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. So one more time, let tell us, Zane, if someone wants to join your team, what do they do? They register at beatthebridge.org. Beatthebridge.org. The constant glucose monitor is amazing because it allows people to see their blood sugar on their phone while just wearing a sensor, but many people still prick their fingers up to 10 times a day living with type one diabetes. Wow. So you don't have to do that, Zane. You don't have to prick your finger. No, not anymore. And it happens May 16th, the 39th year for the Nordstrom's JDRF Beat the Bridge. It's easy to sign up for. Go to beatthebridge.org. You can gather a team or do it on your own, but it is an excellent cause. So if you want to be involved in Beat the Bridge, go to beatthebridge.org and sign up. And if you know somebody that would love to hear all about juvenile diabetes, then please share this podcast with them. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening today. I sure hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a big difference in our community.